Welcome to the Water Tower Hour. I am your host, Tim Regan, head of business development at Water Tower Research. In today's episode, we're going to talk more about a company called Marizyme Inc., which is a multi-technology biomedical company focused on accelerated development and commercialization of medical technologies that improve patient health outcomes. The stock trades on the OTCQB markets under the ticker MRZM. You can learn more about the company at marizymeinc.com. You can also find our coverage of the company on watertowerresearch.com. Click on the company's tab and scroll down to Marizyme Inc. Our research content, as always, is open access and freely available to all investors. To dive into the company today, I have two special guests. First, the head of healthcare services and medical devices at Water Tower Research, Matt Borsch. Matt, welcome to the show. Hi, hi, and thanks for, uh, uh, Dave, thanks, Tim, and Dave, thanks for uh, being our guest this morning. Awesome. And then to, to reiterate that, Matt, we have uh, David Barthel, CEO and Director of Marizyme Inc. David, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Very excited to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Awesome. So I think maybe, David, for our listeners, it would be a good place mm -hmm. to start. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to Marizyme? Uh, exactly. Exactly. So I've got uh, about 25 years of healthcare slash med device experience. Uh, really starting out with a, a startup called Smart Pill, uh, which was based in Buffalo, New York. And it was a, a technology that was ground zero, uh, meaning it was a patented idea for drug delivery for an ingestible capsule. Um, and we took that and kind of diverted it a little bit to um, being in a, a diagnostic med device for GI healthcare. Uh, for being able to measure pressure, pH, and transit time through the entire GI tract in order to diagnose a disease called gastroparesis, which is very prevalent in diabetics. It's delayed stomach emptying and also total transit time um, for looking at diagnosing chronic constipation. So it was a uh, brand new technology introduced to the market. Um, it was a classic startup from ground zero. It had to raise capital, had to build a team, had to run through prototypes, clinical trials, FDA approval out to the marketplace, generating revenue, and then finally able to secure a category one uh, CPT code, which is which is very difficult to do. So if you had a look at all the things you had to do when you do a startup or medical device company, we were able to do it with SmartPill and then eventually sold the business uh, to eventually to Medtronic at the end of the day. And then I stayed with Medtronic as a area VP and sales director for the Southeast division in the, in the GI healthcare uh, for about seven years, and then had the opportunity to go to a company called Health Logic, which was working on a diagnostic for chronic kidney disease. Um, and that morphed basically into the opportunity with Marizyme. We basically combined the companies, combined the technologies, working with our, our, our banker, Univest Securities in New York, putting the companies together, and then applying the resources with the specific business priorities. And now Marizyme is, uh, has the potential uh, to really explode in the next couple of years with a very strong platform technology called Duragraph, which we'll get into, but also some other things that we're working on. So again, strong med device healthcare, having experienced everything that you have to do. I've got the scars to show for having to raise capital, had to raise about <laughs> $75 million on my own, uh, and then taking it through all the regulatory hurdles, uh, FDA, getting out to the marketplace, uh, driving uh, revenue, and then eventually getting a reimbursement code and then sell selling the business. So um, excited about the opportunity uh, at, at, at Marizyme. Awesome. That, that's that's great. And uh, yeah, pro prolific money raiser and also a med device background. That's great. Dave, maybe um, maybe you could could touch on 
your fly, you have multiple products. Uh, maybe you could touch on your flagship product, uh, Duragraft, and talk about you know what that does and what its potential is. Yeah, absolutely. So Duragraft, kind of the name, durable graft. So if you think about um, a Duragraft, I want you to think about a cardiac care because kind of our mission statement is that we are about changing the landscape for cardiac care. So we're really focused on, obviously, the heart. We're focused on cardiac care. Uh, Duragraph um, is sold directly to the hospitals. It's sold to the OR. It's told to cardiac thoracic surgeons who are performing what are called cabbage procedures. These are coronary artery bypass grafting surgical procedures. And basically it is where the artery, the vein is clogged. It has to be replaced. Um, you have to either go to a saphenous vein or a radial artery and you replace it. Well, part of that process is called harvesting. You have to prepare the artery or vein in order for it to be put back into the heart so that the heart can begin to pump blood again. And it's it's it becomes very important in, within the cabbage procedure. So what we do is Duragraph is a, a vascular graft storage and flushing solution that is used during cabbage procedures uh, to basically protect the vein or the heart from what's called oxidative damage, which is exposure to oxygen, and it breaks the artery or vein down. It basically breaks down what's called the endothelial cell, uh, the endothelial layer, and could cause the vein or the graft to fail if you don't do that. So we're we're really the next level of protection, which is very important. However, this is new technology. There's nothing else on the market like it. Permanently, currently, they use saline in blood to do it, but it doesn't have the same mechanisms of action. It doesn't have the same chemical composition that Duragraph does. So Duragraph has a unique property to really protect and preserve that tissue and really protect that vein graft. Because the problem in the market is that is all about vein graft failure. And the statistics show that 30% of vein grafts fail in the first year. That's a serious problem because if vein grafts fail, obviously affects the heart. It affects performance of the heart, affects patient care. And more importantly, it causes a patient to come back and have to have surgery again. It's called the repeat revascularization. So it's a cost burden to the hospital. It's a cost burden to the patient. Uh, it takes time and and takes um, you know additional additional uh, surgical procedure for for the physician. So we have the ability to 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 reduce to really slow the progression of vein graft failure and eventually prevent. Uh, vein graft failure. So significant, significant new technology, still work work to be done, but we're very excited about the platform. And, and it is a platform map because what they mean by platform, when you talk about med device technology is that there's other things you can do with it. We don't have to reinvent it. So we're working on several other things that we'll get to later in the podcast, but there are other products that 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 we can go into. But very excited about the potential. And, and Duragraph is not a new product. It's a new technology, which is which is different. It's a different positioning um, because it is unique for this market. There hasn't been a lot of new technologies in, in cardiac thoracic surgery. And th this th this is one. So we're, we're very excited about the potential for Duragraph. Right, as well, you should be, and congratulations at clearly significant both clinical and economic benefits to be harvested there. Uh, with that, maybe you could talk to uh, what are your two or three most important near-term goals, uh, however you want to define that, and mm -hmm. what sort of time frame do you see around meeting these uh, goals? And, and maybe as you do that, if you could just touch on your commercialization strategy, that would be uh, great as well. Thank you. Yep. Absolutely. So first of all, Duragraph has been on the market. So we have, we received CE Mark back in 2015. 
And we've been selling the product in Europe and Asia since about two, 2016. So we have been generating revenue. So we are revenue generating, although still considered an early stage investment opportunity. But we are generating revenue. And within the last year, we've had significant growth. So Duragraph has been accepted. There's also been several clinical trials, several publications that support the safety and the effectiveness of Duragraph in patients uh, undergoing cabbage procedures. So we've got some very strong clinical uh, data developed as a result of a registry study. It was a three-year registry study that we just completed um, in Europe. It was 2,975 patients. So a lot of good, good, strong clinical data. And that is one of our objectives is continue to grow in the EU, continue to stay focused. And one of the things you'll find with myself as CEO and the company is that we take a very disciplined, targeted approach. So I'm all about being hands-on, but also more importantly, aligning resources with business priorities. So uh, we're very lean. We're lean, lean, lean and mean in, term, in terms of the company. But EU revenue is number one. Number two, obviously, is, is, is securing that, that FDA approval, which we're very hopeful is, is, is coming soon. That would allow us then to uh, clear, release the product, market the product in, in the U.S., that's the second. The third is manufacturing sustainability. Very important for a company like ours to be able to have a very secure supply line. We've got a very strong manufacturing partner uh, in Fujifilm in Irvine, California, and we're working on just sustaining that because we do believe we're going to be able to, to, to drive utilization, uh, not only in, U, in the EU, but eventually in the US. And then the fourth major priority is, as you touched upon, is commercialization. We've got a very unique commercialization plan. Now, obviously we're not a large company, so I cannot go out and hire 200 salespeople and address every hospital. So what we started to do is started to work with several strategic partners, uh, trying to develop relationships early on. We started about nine months ago. And uh, we're in the process of, again, taking a very targeted approach where we go after what's called hospital integrated networks, where we just address a few hospitals um, that we can get the product in. It's a new technology. So you either have to go through a new technology committee or we're in the process of, of working on getting a DRG code for reimbursement. Um, but working in those integrated networks that obviously involves the physician having his buy-in, but most, mostly uh, also demonstrating an economic value proposition, obviously, to the administration of the purchasing and to the new technology committee. So it's a unique approach. We're not going to cover every hospital in the U.S. Um, I'm going to bring on a director of marketing. We'll bring on a couple of direct salespeople, but that's about it. But it's a very effective, cost-effective model that's focused on utilization. So I kind of call it, it's, it's ECU. So it's, it's efficiency, it's cost-effective, and it's about demonstrating utilization, not going out and securing 100 hospitals, but demonstrating success in utilization, whether it's one physician, two physicians, or a hospital, or that, that network. So it, it is a unique unique model. I think we're kind of being groundbreaking that initially, uh, but, but we're, we're kind of have to because we, we need to be efficient with our capital and with our resources. But so far, the response with a couple strategic partners has been very positive. We'll obviously see as we get out to the market. But those are kind of the four business priorities, aligning resources to those and talking about, you know, a very different tactical, very strategic, very targeted uh, commercialization plan. Oh, that's great. You've got a lot of balls in the air, clearly, um, and a lot coming up as well. So maybe with that, could you touch on... Uh, Perhaps what you see is the biggest near-term risks, uh, you know, that you confront with with all these moving parts and how you're working to mitigate them, um, I guess, and or push forward if you experience uh, some significant delay or other issue. 
Yeah, and one of the things we we did do early on is that we 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 were always as part of our plan was trying to mitigate risk because as a as a potential investment as a CEO you've got to constantly mitigate risk every day. So we've mitigated mitigated a lot of the risk, but the 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 greatest risk is is probably just getting out to the marketplace, getting out initially, getting the initial response, and then being able to adapt and, and be flexible. So messaging, for example, um, you know, I, I I think that's one of the main things. So number two would be as part of our commercial plan, it's that digital social media being able to to, to be utilized LinkedIn and and all the other things that are happening now because. The, what's changed is the dynamics of how you market a medical device, especially in new technology. The market has certainly changed as a result of COVID and, and a result of the, the emphasis now on having that economic value proposition as opposed to relying on the clinical value proposition. The good news is we've got we've got both. So we, we've mitigated the risk around the economic value proposition. We, we've got a good plan in place for the marketing and, and and the messaging. So we believe that we're in, in, in a pretty good position. The the biggest risk, as you know, Matt, with any medical device is, is getting that reimbursement, whether it's a CPT code or in our case, it's a DRG. And we've done a very good job. We're about to submit our, our NTAP, which, which is a new technology application um, procedure that we're going to be submitting to CMS. And we think we're in a pretty good position, obviously contingent on FDA approval, but we've been working on that for the last two years. That is supported by by data. I've got a very strong clinical team, very strong CSO and CMO that's in the process of, of working on that. So, uh, I, yes, are there risks? Absolutely. Uh, but I think we've done a good job over the last year, two years to mitigate those as, as we go out to the marketplace. But I think the biggest thing you have to do is, is as these risks come up, as you go out to the marketplace, you've got to be able to adapt and you have to recognize that the dynamics of how you introduce a new med device has certainly changed. And have have we allotted for that? Do I have the resources and the priorities in place to do that? Well, nice. maybe- then, um, uh, I not, think I was gonna ask real quick, with... Matt. Sorry, um, Tim? David, yeah, David, I was gonna say, maybe, maybe it would be helpful because I think you know the, the background of the team you have, you put together your CSO, your CMO, it kind of speaks mm -hmm. to what the company is that you're building here. And mm -hmm. uh, maybe just touch upon kind of what they've been doing, how, how they've played a part within the company and what you guys are doing together. Yeah, absolutely, Tim. And, and management team is key. We've got a very strong management team, well experienced, very clinical. Uh, they've been with me now for the for the whole two years. Uh, we're very close knit as a small team, and we're we're and just so those know, Marizyme is located in Jupiter, Florida, and everybody is here. Um, I've got a very strong CFO, and I've got a very strong VP of Finance and Investor Relations. So I I, I put together again aligning what are the resources that we need in, in order to align with with the business priorities, and we have a lab, and we're doing our own analytical testing and our own product development, which is unique for a very small company in med device. So. Initially, we put a big emphasis on that. We'll continue to do that. Now we're shifting, though. We're shifting a little bit, Tim, away from just being product development to commercialization. So I'm going to have to add some additional resources to do that. Uh, but the, the the reason for the company's success is all about the team. It's about the leadership team and the management team. It has little to do with me. It has more to do with the team that we've put together and kind of the business plan and the focus and the discipline and the target approach we're, we're, we're taking. So uh, that's great, Dave. Thank you. And uh, let me let me ask, um, obviously, you've got all of that in regulatory approval, and I, I know uh, you have good reasons to be optimistic on those fronts. Um, what do you see as the barriers to widespread adoption of your product? Particularly, again, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning on the 
flagship product, Duragraft. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, despite the demonstrated advantages, both clinical and, and economic, uh, when compared to existing practices, um, and of course, how you how you uh, will overcome these um, uh, these barriers and and uh, you know, do, mm-hmm. do, w- sorry, let me just lean into this a little bit to say, do you see the inertia of longstanding medical practices? despite a new and better alternative as being the, the most formidable obstacle you have to overcome? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's change, right? It's change. Physicians don't like change. Now, although the advantage of Duragraph is that we don't change the procedure, it becomes oh, part right. of the procedure. It just it just goes right in. Um, but it's new. It's new technology. And you're always going to have resistance to any change or anything new. So as much as we've got clinical data and as much as you've got the economic, you're going to have what I call that, as you said, the inertia, the change, the resistance to change. And the other thing is obviously getting paid for it. It's 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 right. reimbursement. It's it's a real, real issue. Now, there's things that you can do to try to mitigate that as you do with, with any new technology. But no, you're you're going to have to make a very good economic presentation, economic value proposition statement uh, to hospitals, to administration, because hospitals are are managed, it's managed care. They're going to look at those things. So those are the probably the two biggest risk, two biggest challenges, and you you, you got to face it. And any any new technology faces that come coming. Right. Come well, out. I like how it fits into the existing process. That makes sense. Um, and and maybe building on that a bit, can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about your experience with Duragraph? Because you have had significant experience mm-hmm. uh, in Europe and Asia, and 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 uh, you know where you've had product uptake and usage, perhaps particularly in in Austria. Mm-hmm. As I know you've highlighted that market is where you've where yeah. you've gone the furthest. Exactly, and we and a couple couple of reasons why we've had success. We've had success. In Spain, we've had success in Austria. We're starting to have success in Switzerland. A lot of the European countries, big, a big, big success in the UK and now in Italy. So, couple things. First of all, you've got to have a good partner. So we we have put together a kind of a good criteria list of how do you bring on a good distribution partner. You've had a you have to have a good partner, and it's not just someone who distributes a product, but it's a partner who becomes embedded and invested in the technology. And we have to do the same thing. So we spent a lot of time going over and working closely. It That's number one. Number two, it's all about the clinical cell, being able to clinically sell the product. This is a clinical cell. So you've got to have data and you've got to have physician buying. You've got to have the development of strong KOLs, which those two countries have done, specifically Spain and specifically Austria, as you mentioned. We've got tremendous support. I've got an excellent, excellent, um, you know, KOL uh, located in Germany that has been, you know, the key to our success, any success that we've had with Duragraph, uh, Dr. Max Emmert out of the Berlin Heart Center has been key to us. And he and I work on a daily basis. We work very closely. So having that physician support, that 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 KOL support um, is, is critical. And then thirdly, it's it's that partner. It's being able to, to demonstrate the, the clinical value proposition and the economic and being able to, to work through things like NHS in the UK and some of the other barriers that, that you face regulatory-wise, but that they have done a tremendous job. So we've had success. And just within the last year, we've had tremendous growth. We've doubled what we did last year and we're, we're not even done yet. So we're finally, finally getting that penetration, or as I like to say, that that u- u- utilization. But those are the three primary factors for it. And, uh, oh, great. Thank you. And maybe uh, just uh, talk about what you see 
uh, as potential future improvements to Duragraft if that's if that's needed. Maybe that's not uh, uh, in the front burner, but given that the state of the product is quite good now. But uh, derivative uses also that may not be part may or may not be part of the current approval process if you need that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you always want to have a pipeline. You always want to be improving. So as good as Duragrab is, there are other things we can do. So for example, um, we're looking at, at developing a room temperature Duragrab that can be shipped at room temperature. Right now, it has to be shipped in, in, in a cold storage just to preserve it. So Duragrab is basically two solutions that are come together. They're mixed. It is a solution, but it is a class two medical device. Um, but it, it has to be transported and shipped accordingly. So we want to make that easier. We want to do room temperature. Um, we're also looking at um, powder formulation, Duragraph, which would reduce the manufacturing cost. So you talk about efficiencies, right? Re reducing cost, part of that ECU being being um, efficient, being cost effective, and then obviously driving utilization, but powder formulation. So those things are, are in process and we're able to do that internally, which is critical because we can control it. Um, we've got a very strong quality manager that's part of that process. And we've been able to develop that internally, which again, re reduces costs. And then the, the other thing is you, you start to look at the potential down the road for organ transplant, which again, hasn't been done. Can be, Duragraph be used for, we mentioned kidneys before, um, livers, heart. So again, you have to do trials. You've got to get through the FDA process, but those are all things potentially that, that, that you can do. And then the fourth piece is a product that's kind of a derivative platform is for fat grafting, okay? Being able to move tissue from one part of the body to the next. So for breast augmentation, um, for example, uh, that that is a potential. So we're working on that right now. We're about to go into some validation tests. So fat grafting is a large market. It's sold to plastic surgeons. There's 22.5 million procedures for fat grafting. So you're looking at potentially very, very large markets Although they are very targeted, we've got the potential to do that. So you've got four basically derivatives or potential products that are in that pipeline. Wow, that's very exciting uh, potential. Um, and maybe adds a little more weight to this next question, which is, um, is, there, is there anything out there or some pieces out there, potential competing products on the horizon that you know of that we should be aware of? Um, and maybe related to that, how strong is your... IP protection um, on, you know, what you have, and again, particularly Duragraft. Yeah, I, our IP is extremely strong. It is one of the, the things that we have spent tremendous time on historically. So um, our clinical team has done a great job. We are protected all across the world. It's a global IP protection, so I have no issues there. And, you know, I get I get asked that right now. No, is there, is there direct competition? Not that I'm aware of. That doesn't mean that there won't be, right? You always sure. have to be aware and cognizant of the fact that there's going to be competition. So you need to continue to improve your product. Hence, that's why we're looking at room temperature, powder formulation, organ nice. transplant, other things. So I believe that if the product is successful, you get that market inertia, right? Then everybody wants to jump, jump, jump in. So yeah. Yeah. yes, will there be competition? Yes, but we've got a head start on it. And that's the best thing that an investor wants to hear from is that oh, you've got strong IP protection. There's no direct competition right now, but the company and the CEO well, recognizes that there is potential yes. and we built, we minimize that risk because we've got other products uh, behind it. Yeah. I get the sense there's no uh, complacency uh, either no. now or probably in the near future. Never, man. Never, never. Uh, and, and maybe this is going to, going to be my last question here, but um, can you just talk about the, the, 
the potential for multi-year growth. I realize it's it's very extensive, um, you know, maybe a little bit in terms of key financials. But just to be clear, I, I'm sort of looking for directional aspirational views mm-hmm. here. I'm not trying to corner you into firm targets that I'm going to no. be bringing up uh, later. So. No, but I think I think you know for a company you need to have a, a number. You've you've got to have goals. You've got to have have objectives. I'm very, as you can tell, very objective driven. We've got multiple initiatives. I believe in multiple revenue channels. And right now it's 25 million in revenue by 2025, which is a very realistic number. 25 by 25. Yeah, 25 by 25. So it's it's the number everybody remembers. We'll, we'll we'll have it. We'll have T-shirts made. I'll put a tattoo on it. But we've got the opportunity, and I think it's realistic. We've got the opportunity to do that. Now, having said that, usually med devices start out very slowly, so there's yep. very slow adoption. I think the way that we're doing it, we can we, we we have the potential to accelerate it. But I'm very conservative in the numbers. I'm very conservative in the financials. What we do, but I do believe if if you can focus on it, everybody drives to that. I think 25 and 25 is 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 a, a very very realistic goal. We can work with that. That's great. And by the way, my T-shirt size is uh, sort of medium large. I got, I got yours, Matt. I got yours and Tim. Tim's on order, so <laughs> okay. you're gonna get one. Perfect, perfect. Uh, one. Yeah, a large, large, extra large these days. But yes, <laughs> oh, Tim. All right, it's good. Okay, Tim. I'll look over to yeah, you. Yeah, thank you, Dave, again for the time today. And it's been a great introduction to Marizheim and your views on the market and what you guys are doing with Duragraft. Um, so thank you again for both of you being here. Um, I want to thanks uh, give a special thanks to our producer of the podcast, Joy Malone, Jesse Redman, and Nick Ford. Our editors are Nick Ford and Muhammad Dabdud. Uh, thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll see you next week uh, for another exciting episode with a cryptocurrency exchange company named Bact. Uh, the views expressed in this podcast may not necessarily affect the views of Water Tower Research LLC, aka Water Tower Research, and are provided for information purposes only. The Water Tower Hour may not be distributed or reproduced without the written consent of the Water Tower Research and should not be considered research or nor a research recommendation. WTR is an investor relations firm, not a licensed broker dealer, broker dealer, in market maker, investment investment bank, underwriter, investment advisor. Additional disclaimers can be found at watertowerresearch.com. Okay.